to the next episode of Splitting Cases, sponsored by Murray's Brewing. We have responsible service chips on the table, and it's nice and toasty inside with the heater because it's kind of heading to winter now. Today's topic is musical theatre, but it's going to take us a while to get there because I have so many questions. (laughs) Would you like to introduce yourself and take a guess at why I have so many questions? Mm. My name is Brent Edmund. I am... What am I? What do I do? I don't know. What am I? What do I do? That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) That is a human. I am a human, yes, yes. Um... Uh, local Novocastrian, Yuan um, graduate. I did engineering and Chinese, and now I'm studying teaching. Should I reveal the reason? Or yes, I... yes, yes. Uh, I was recently um, a contestant on the Australia special of If You Are the One. And now, do you know what If You Are I the One is? I do not. Saying it's with a giant chip in my mouth. For the attention. Alright, so. If You Are The One is literally the most watched reality TV show in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. It is a speed dating game show in China that gets broadcast internationally. Okay. So it's it's the most popular reality TV show in China. And it's, it has massive Chinese audiences amongst all of the Chinese migrants in different countries around the world. And there's a lot of them, as you probably know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also quite popular in Australia, mm-hmm. but um, different to most other countries, it is it is popular in not just the Chinese community, but the general Australian community. It's like non-Chinese Australians find this stuff good. So the SBS buys the show off Jiangsu Television, yeah. um, and there's translations done by a woman named Jing Han, and they're fantastic translations, and I think that probably is part of its big success that gets broadcast on SBS2. How, why did you end up on that show? <laughs> um, well, when I graduated from engineering at Newcastle University, I did a year of intensive Chinese study at Beijing Film Academy. Um, the teachers that I had there, uh, this was at the height of the show's popularity. Yeah, they yeah. suggested, yeah, you should watch this show for to help practice your listening skills. Yeah. And so I'd watch it, and like I, I just thought it was fascinating. Mm. And I always thought, oh, would it be what would it be like to be on that show? So fast forward a few years, um, probably yes, yeah, so it was around August two thousand fifteen. SBS or well, advertised on Facebook that they were having helping JSTV have a Australia special of the show, and they were looking for contestants. And I had about ten friends message me simultaneously <laughs> on Facebook saying, "Brett, you have to do this." So, um, yeah, I I signed up for it. I filled in the application form, which is supposed to take half an hour. took me two. (laughs) (laughs) What was so hard about it? Um, Well, it was written... I had to do the whole form in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. And I I have, like, reasonably good Chinese, but I still had to double-check with my friends to say, hey, am I expressing what I think I'm expressing? (laughs) uh, Because, yeah, they ask you a lot of questions about your life. So were you you the only, like... White Australian contestant on it? Um, no. No? So, there were, it was a two-part episode. Yeah. Uh, part one... So, each, each part had five male contestants. Hmm. Total of ten over the two. Hmm. Um, in part one, there was one other Anglo-Australian, Ben McMahon. And then in the second one, I was the other hmm. white... Uh, yeah. White Australian? Australian. White Australian. Hey, white I don't Australian. like using that term. No, nor do I, but I just don't know, like... 
how to phrase. Yeah. Yeah. But like I can I can say Anglo, but I'm only like part Anglo. I've got yeah. ethnic background stuff in the mix there that's not that. So anyway, I sorry, I did, I did interrupt. Continue with the application. Yeah, so I just um, find this fascinating. <laughs> this is not our topic, but I just I need to there's, ask. there's also one um one I feel white it's Australian best to deviate girl. now than later. Yeah. There was also one white Australian girl mm. who has studied Chinese, so mm. Like the requirements to be on the show are you need to be within a particular age range. Yeah. I've forgotten what it was. You need to live in Australia, um, be single, and be able to speak good enough Chinese. Yeah. So, you know, we had a mix of people who were um, Australian-born Chinese. Yeah. Uh, Chinese migrant... Like, Chinese-born people who have taken out Australian citizenship. Um, Chinese people who live in Australia on a PR. And then... Um, international students. Yeah. And then, and then you've just got white people who have studied Chinese. And so that was that was the mix. Uh, there was also there was also a Japanese girl who have who has Chinese parents and is now studying in Australia. So oh. that was yeah. They they like to have a nice diverse yeah um, contestant base on the show. So you like you got called up, but then what happened? So they gave me the Skype interview, and they go like they've just asked me to expand on all the questions that they asked me in the application. In the Skype interview, did you have to speak Chinese? Yes. So fluent Chinese, just to the you know to make sure. You're... Fluent enough. It depends on what yeah. you mean. <laughs> <laughs> like my my Chinese is. If I don't understand how to say something, I will talk around it. Mm. They, they basically like, needed to make sure you didn't falsify the application. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. Or less. Yeah, that's it. That's because it. the the Chinese I wrote in my application was pretty much perfect. Yeah, because it wasn't me writing. It. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd write it and then I'd have a friend correct it. Yeah, um, yeah. You could have had a friend correct your actual Skype call. It's like <laughs> I want to say the, okay, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that wouldn't work. That would. No. I think they'd notice. They'd the see lag. through that. It's very serious. I just, I just hit, hit mute every so often. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, just bad connection. Basically. Sorry, it's freeze, bad delay. Freeze and mute. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could always just blame the NDN. Hmm. Yeah. Do continue. Um. Yeah. So I did the I did the Skype interview. Then um, a little while later, they're all like, "All right, you're in." Um, cool. That was after the public vote. That SBS ran that I came second in, um, but I still got onto the program anyway because JSTV were just like, "Oh, we just love you so much." <laughs> okay. <laughs> you feel quite chuffed you came like second in the public vote though. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Because I, 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 well, they put the videos up and they had um, Malcolm, who was the guy, who ended up coming first. I've just watched his video. I'm just like, oh, that bastard. He's so handsome and he's 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 a what? He's a lawyer, a accountant, and he. He plays piano, and oh, look at him, he's so handsome. But then he only only ended up beating me by like 1 or 2%, so I'm just like, yes. Okay. Little victories. Yeah, little victories, little victories. So, yeah. Um, And they, the production team from JSTV flew out to Australia in mid-November. We filmed the background videos for me, which there's a lot of footage of me at Taronga Zoo, on Nobby's Beach. Um, Why are you at Taronga Zoo? Okay, so basically... (laughs) Um, the New South Wales government provided some logistical support oh, for the um, yeah, production yeah. teams. Like it's just like little, we'll provide you with a driver. We'll we'll help you with all of that stuff. Um, passes to get into places, but we want you to have a certain amount of tourist landmarks. In yeah, the they didn't want to film it behind a restaurant dumpster in George Street. You know? Yeah, like they wanted. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they wanted the nice, pretty, yeah. pretty shots. Some, I get you. There's, there's some shots of me, like you know, singing some awesome ballad in like silhouette in front of the opera house and the bridge it's cheesy as all hell but 
That's yeah, kind that of was the point. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, the, the show is so cheese. If you've ever watched it, it is. <laughs> oh, and then, like there's these other shots of me sitting wistfully on the beach, picking up a big handful of sand and letting it, letting it run through my fingers and blows in the wind. Oh, oh my god! How? Oh, what kind of girl am I looking for? Oh, you just when you have deep thoughts, do you just go to? Yeah, every yeah. day. When yeah. I have deep thoughts, I go to a horseshoe beach and try to pat other people's dogs. <laughs> All I want's a dog in life. I was about to say, but that's not so far removed from your... That's <laughs> really not far removed at all. When I'm sad, I go to the dog beach. And I'm like, oh my god. I went there often enough. I'm like, this dog came up to me and I'm like, oh, Bronson! And my wife's like, that that can't be Bronson. I'm like, no, it's definitely Bronson. He's got the particular markings. And then Bronson's dad walked past and goes, oh, hello. Yeah, um, they know me now. I don't have a dog. I just go to the dog beach. Uh, totally different tangent, though. No, um, that's fine. I can relate. I have three dogs and two <gasps> cats, so... Can I come to your house now? Sure. All right. <laughs> what kind of dogs? Um, a Border Collie Kelpie Cross, <clears throat> a Golden Retriever who is black, <clears throat> and a Swiss Shepherd. Oh, mm, Swiss... I love them already. What are their names? Um, Keegan, Diesel, and Candy in that Aww. order. Mm, Diesel and Candy, not a, not a mix you'd usually. No, uh, no. That doesn't sound appetizing. Diesel it, and Candy. It's no. one of those things where whenever people say like dog breeds, it just sounds totally foreign to me, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Really? I I've never had a dog. Ah, like there's there's some it. dogs that I get. Like if what someone you, said like mean? a Labrador or something, like okay, I know what that is. You know what a collie is, right? Not really, no. How do you not know what a border collie uh, is? I don't know. They're just people just say I've got this dog and full I just flats. nod you know my head and go, yeah, sure, yes. Do you know what a yeah, beagle? Do you know what a beagle is? is a okay, they're small-ish. Do you know what a pomeranian is? You're just naming small dogs now. I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay, so maybe I know some, but my you know, point is like, especially when they Instagram talk about like dogs. cross this and cross that. He's like a shaved pomeranian. I know all no, the breeds of dogs. No, I'm not up on. Instagram? Instagram? I don't have an Instagram account. Uh, what kind of a millennium am I? Man, millennium? you should follow my Instagram account because my game is strong. <laughs> um, did you end up finding a date? Um, yeah. Did you go on it? Yeah, I did. So, um, ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, when I was on the show, uh, I'll, I'll backtrack a bit. Um, so they try. They make a script based on your story okay. that you tell them in the thing, okay. and you get a fair amount of creative input into what is going to be in your background videos. Yeah. But there's there was two points in mind that I could not change. Yeah. One was I still live with my parents. Yeah. And two is that. I am friends with my uh, high school girlfriend. Why was that a big point for them? This is China. Chinese. You can't be friends with your high school girlfriend, or you not in China. Of... No. Why? Uh, like Chinese once... girls are super. Ge- like, I mean, I'm I'm generalizing here because a lot of them aren't, but um, the majority of them, yeah, are. Like, they're they're not yeah. okay with you remaining friends with the next. What if you have like just like a, a female friend that you have previously slept with, but never actually officially dated? Um, I think that would also... Fall into the same no, bucket? <laughs> that would also fall into the same bucket, yeah. Oh, man, okay. Because, so like, over, very... the, over there, they've, they've, they've got different attitudes towards what counts as, as, as in a relationship. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you ask someone out and then go on a date, like, that's girlfriend and boyfriend, like, pretty much oh, straight off the bat. Wow. There is no course. dating period of finding out 
you know, uh, are we compatible? How far do we want to take this? Like, yeah. it's just straight into it, girlfriend and boyfriend. And then there is increasing levels of seriousness within yeah. that context going forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I'm guessing there's specific words for seriousness levels of nah. dating. No? No. Nah. So, how would it's you very black know? and white. You could be, like, together and, like, almost getting married, or you could have just had a yeah. first date, and this is my boyfriend. Yeah, that's it. His name's Barry. Yeah. No, but, like, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a... Was a very traditional society, like, very conservative, that is slowly opening up and slowly becoming more progressive. Yeah. I say slowly, yet it's more, like, the, the pace of change is much faster than we experienced here, yeah, like, yeah. from the 60s to now. Yeah. Yeah, but no, like, I mean, a lot of the time when Chinese goes, oh, this is just Asian values and you're a Westerner, our values are different. Well, not really. We had the same values 50 years ago. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just modern versus... It's just life's changing. Yeah, life is changing. The conditions of your society will change and people's behavior will follow with that. Yeah. And so you couldn't change those two aspects. No, I couldn't change those two aspects in the What did you control? Um, uh, Just, like, kind of how I was going to say things in the videos. Like, I'd suggest... Oh, well, I've got, like, my pets. Let's film them. Oh, this is my house that I built with my dad and his mate. Well, I didn't build it. My dad and his mates built it, and I helped. <laughs> hey, you helped. You were a part of it. You I helped. I helped. Mates. They filmed the show over... They filmed two episodes in the one day. Yeah. And the girls had been on stage for a long time by the time mm. I got there, so they weren't really paying attention to the video. But they kind of, like, got a rough idea of what was going on there. So, yeah, um, the first thing that happened when I walked out on stage, and they have, like, that you know, um, first impressions thing. There were two girls that turned their lights off and yeah. one of the girls that turned their lights off has gone and asked me, oh, she said, and I didn't understand this at the time because I was so nervous that I wasn't, <laughs> I just could not process anything. She said, um, oh, I really want to have a um, foreign boyfriend. And when they say foreign, they mean white. Uh, but I just can't deal with guys that have earrings. I just hate earrings. Um, I'm not wearing them now, but I... I have okay. big, yeah, thick, yeah. shiny earrings. Yeah. <laughs> and um, like I ones or like not, not like the I got like, like big, long, hangy things. ring ones. Oh, but I thought or you meant sometimes like the, the, I wear the ones where you put the hole in your ear. Not that big. Yeah, no. I got like little sure. rivets. Like they're like one's four mil and the other one's three point two mils. So were you wearing when she asked? I was because the, the producers told me to wear them. Yeah. Okay. They're like, no, you have to wear your earrings. They're cool. Okay. Oh, but I told I'm told that Chinese girls don't like earrings. No, no, no. You have to wear them. No, you're cool. You're a foreigner. It'll be cool. They'll love it. You're cool. <laughs> it's like they wanted a point of controversy here. Yeah, 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 they did. It was part of the shtick. Yeah, it was part of the shtick. That was, that was, that was, I guess, the style that they picked me for. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, so like, I didn't, I didn't understand what she said. I thought she said I don't like guys with beards, and I had a beard, and then I just oh. said, oh yeah, no, I usually shave it off, and then everyone's laughed. Oh ah. no. Yeah. So that was my first oh, no. mistake. Um, later on when they said about, uh, you still live with your parents, like some of the girls were like, no, nah, sorry, that's a deal breaker. You're 28 and you, 29 at the time. This bothers me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. You still live with your parents. Why is that? It's like, well, I've done a lot of study. I moved over to China and lived there for a while. I've moved back. Hmm. And like, I don't know if you know, but life is expensive here. It's, it's not like I'm a pothead here. Just, well, I don't know if he's my queen. It's not like I'm just like doing absolutely nothing with my life in general. I have yeah. things going on. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of things. Yeah. I just don't get paid for a lot of them. <laughs> that is that is <laughs> Which life. I guess is part of the problem. Um, but yeah, so there was one girl who, um, I guess, came to my defense about it. She's like, yeah, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's, these, these things happen. Um, 
later on the oh I'm still friends with my ex and then one one girl is all like oh you know what about that what if a girl has said like oh I don't want you to be friends with this person it's just like well I'm not getting back together with her what are you worried about mm. like if you're that insecure that yeah uh, anyway she lives in London yeah like, this I live is in your Australia. problem here not mine yeah this yeah like please be and then the girl who defended me before is like, who cares? Like, he could have an ex, ex-wife and I don't care. Yeah. Like, if someone has been part of your life that long, yeah. and obviously they've, they were important to you at some point, why not preserve that relationship if you can? Mm. I'm just like, yes. Uh, thank you, Daddy. I like that. And um, I got up and sung a song. Okay. Because um, usually when you're on that stage, they like you to perform some kind of talent. Yeah. A lot of foreign guys get up and sing a Chinese song. That fucking lawyer played piano, I bet. He did. <sighs> he played lawyer. He played piano and he sung one of his own songs. God damn and it! He wrote himself. Oh, of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, no, nah, but that's all right because like he, uh, we, we, we weren't on the same episode, so we weren't really competing. Pointy knows how territorial I am with most things, and I would have <laughs> just. Oh my god. I think that's the shade I would have thrown. No. I think that's really why you relate to the dogs. Yeah, piss on it's mine. But you you would probably get even more angry about this. But the guy was super nice and super cool. Yeah, that would make me angry. <laughs> that would make you yeah angrier because it's like you wouldn't feel that that was genuine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. He was a genuinely nice guy. And um, we we like all of the male contestants got together bef- like the day before the show, and we had like. Um, drinks and interviews with SBS before mm. the show. So, like, we all had this nice, you know, um, guy bond before we went on. So there wasn't really any rivalry there. Yeah. yeah. Except if it were me, there would have been, I would have secretly planned to off them. <laughs> it would have been a very different show. So yeah. you ended so up, I guess, yeah, you ended up going on a date and um, meeting this person. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I met up with a girl. Like we, we matched on stage. She was the only yeah. girl who left her light on for me. Oh, the only nice. reason she did is because she liked it's my song. So Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> she didn't light on for me. Anyone? Oh, I missed that reference. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. was her name? Um, her name is Crystal. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't know this at the time. Um, but she's 42 mm. and I'm 29. Yeah. Mm. Older lady. Mm. She, she, I swear she looks like she's 33. Okay. Like, I mean, Asian girls tend to look younger in general, but she looks mm. younger even by Asian standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was a surprise. But Did yeah. you find that out like on the date? Or no. I found that out like, okay. I found that out like months later. Okay. <laughs> When the show actually went to air on TV. Okay. No, but that wasn't a problem. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you a spoiler and say that we're not together. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling, but that's okay. How'd it go? Did um, it not well? Or just like polite? It, it, yeah, it was polite and cordial. And it was just like, let's see how we get to know each other. And like, we had a few similar interests on stage and a few, yeah. a few uh, similar opinions on relationships yeah. when we were on stage. But... Uh, yeah, it was like, well, our life direction wasn't really mm. compatible and our personality, that was a big mismatch in personalities. Mm. Like, she's super um, uptight, very efficient, bang, 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 let's get shit done. And oh, I'm, God, I'm like, 
chill. Yeah, I'm way too chill for her, and it drove her. It, it drove her insane. Drive, yeah, and you know it would have <laughs> longer term. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but yeah, now we all, we ended up going on a holiday to the Maldives together. Whoa! Yeah, because that's the prize for going on the show. Whoa! Like if, if you match up, if you if you get no more than two girls turn their lights off for you during the first impressions section, and then you match with a girl. You, you get to go on a romantic holiday. Okay, and so she was, like, fully uptight on this holiday? Or? Uh, not really. Like, we kind of... It was just... we, we kind of figured out that there wasn't really any romance, any chemistry before yeah. that. Oh, that's but... awesome, because that takes off the tension. You're just like, yeah. let's fucking enjoy this. Yeah, so it was like, I don't know, out of, out of the seven couples that matched on the show, um, five of us organized to go together yeah. on the holiday. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So that was good. So we went as a group of friends and out of the 10 of us, um, six were single cause their relationships didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I spoke to the producers of the show and they reckon like, look, this is just a dating, just a speed dating show. This is yeah. not a marriage show. Yeah. Like, I think only like nine. No one's necessarily expecting anything. To yeah, go yeah, yeah. Further. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a big like TV said... production version of Tinder, where yeah, like the girls said... get out there and just go swipe left or right, and then the guy goes and swipe left or right. And if there's a match, happy day. Let's go on a date. Oh, it didn't work out. Not too yeah, bad. Fun. Oh well, at least I got a holiday. Like when you said spoiler alert, I was kind of just like, well, that's okay. Like yeah, spoiler just... alert, it's already been on TV. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mm. that is how you kind of came to our attention anyway but yes um you mentioned singing and that bastard who played piano what was his name yeah, ben mcmahon was it ben no, no ben mcmahon was the other white guy oh, he right. he got up and played guitar and sang a chinese song i was just like oh, ready to, i was just ready to get on ben mcmahon <laughs> no okay i was like ben, that's the name i remembered no Let's no get on he's him. a champion yeah, I mean, you like said, you said, Malcolm is a real nice guy. I'm like, no, you're too. Suave. Malcolm, Malcolm is also a real nice too guy. Suave. <laughs> Malcolm. Anyway, I don't um, mind because we both ended up on the show. I would have been I angry know, if he had got on. I didn't. I'm just but... so competitive, weirdly. Um, <laughs> in stuff that you're not involved in. <laughs> I know. It's just like I'm so on board on something you don't care about. I'm like going into bat for you. I'm like fucking Malcolm, and you're like he's really nice. I'm like, no, I'm angry for you. You're a sports fan, aren't you? Getting emotionally invested only in competitions recently, that have nothing to do with you. Only recently, but that just sounds like the spoiler to my life, you know, yeah. Grant. <laughs> um, so you mentioned you like do sing and stuff, yes. which brings us to our topic, which I mentioned before, but I would let you introduce again. Yeah. So um, my topic is uh, musical theatre. So I, 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 I really, really like musical theatre. I really like musical theatre as well. Fantastic. Uh, I don't not like musical theatre, <laughs> I, but I can't say it's something I've been heavily um, involved in or interested in. Okay. Oh, well, we're going to have to fix that, aren't we? We could fix that. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've tried to fix it. I've tried to fix a lot of, like... Things point yeah. not into. You tried to fix some flaws in my character. <laughs> I'm trying to fix it. No, I'm trying to like quote unquote fix a lot of things point he's not into, and he's not into them, and that's okay. But mm. um, he has seen musical theatre before, and I know this for a fact. But you mentioned earlier on that you were like into musical theatre. Yeah, 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 yeah. My mum and dad used to take me to the Civic to see whatever was on. I remember seeing the um, the G- Gilbert and Sullivan trilogy with. Uh, John English, mm. Pirates of Penzance, Mikado, and HMAS, H- HMS Pinafore. There's no A in there. Where did what? What is HMAS? Because I know that um, for some reason. HMS is Her Majesty's ship. Yeah. Um, 
HMAS is Her Majesty's Australian uh, Show. That's why I know that. And then HSPA is the school that kind of. <laughs> that's nothing to school. do with it. <laughs> nothing to do with any of those things. Yes. Except it starts with H. <laughs> Not on the ship. Mm. HR fucking stuff also starts with H. Um, okay, well, that's really cool. Your parents sound like awesome parents for doing yeah. that. And like Disney films as well. Oh my god. Yeah. Disney films for people our age were the, the way into musicals. Yes. Because I'm assuming if you're 29, 30. I'm 29, I turn 30 at the end of the year. Oh, great. Okay, well, we're the same age. I just turned 30. Um, in 1986, like 1989 was when Little Mermaid came out. That was mm. kind of the start of the Broadway revival of Disney. Yep. And that series of four or five movies after that was just pretty much like the best fucking Broadway score you've ever seen in mm. a kid's movie. And that, oh. that turned a lot of people back on a musical. Yeah, Aladdin. Man. So good. Oh Speaking of which, the Aladdin musical is coming to Sydney, I think mm. in October-ish. I don't mm. know. Oh, that's going to be good. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Um, but that—that's the thing. That—that that was my only experience with like musical stuff for a very long time. Mm. You're gonna hate me for this, but like I used to like fast forward through like a lot of the songs in those movies to get to like the actual story. I was almost the exact reverse. Like I'm like just rewind the song. A whole new world. I, I kind of think for me, like at that age, it was more reaction to my sister probably doing the rewind thing to watch ah. things all together that made that really annoying to me. It's like there's only so many times I can watch yeah, Mary right. Poppins and hear the songs yeah. and not listen to the whole thing. Yeah. I I am I'm so sad for you that Mary Poppins was ruined for you. Yeah, I love like, Mary Poppins. I just I just mean that like I, I like watching it as a whole I don't want to watch it and rewind and listen to the same thing over and over. Actually, weirdly, as someone who's into musicals, I don't really like Mary Poppins that much. <gasps> it's not really my thing. Oh, so you didn't come to see the recent production? Mm-mm. I, I just Mary Poppins isn't for me. I don't know why. Cherry Bobbins is more your thing. Surely you at least like Step in Time. Yeah, I do. And I, look, I like it, but I don't... I. It's not really a musical soundtrack that I would really get into and listen to right, outside of the context of the movie. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that you went and saw stage musicals early on. Yeah. I think early on, my really idea of stage musicals was um, Sesame Street Live. <laughs> like, I, I got a... I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I got a puppet of the Count, and then, like, two days later, I went on Romper Room and took my puppet of the Count, and then Miss Kim held it up and was like, ooh, at the start of the show, and I'm like... I, ha- yeah, I have the power to impact things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. surprised they allowed that. Yeah, they did. It was the start of your long media career. Yeah, I know. I went, um, I went to around to the thing where you sat down and you had the juice, and I sculled the whole thing at once rather than sipping it, and I went ah to the camera. <laughs> it's like I was auditioning for a fucking ad. I, I did have um, one musical theater experience as a child. Um, I did go to see Cats. Ah. I believe it was at um, the Workers Club in Newcastle, mm. or it was the Workers Club at the time. And it was an odd experience. Mm. Why? Um, is it McCafferty, the main one of the cats in there? Oh, I don't the know. Guy, okay. I've not been on it's, cats. As shameful as this is for a musical theatre buff, I haven't actually seen cats. Okay, well, let's just run with that. Because <laughs> that's what I, like that's what I vaguely remember. So let's just go I mean, with that was his name. Yeah. But he was obviously wearing like some sort of tight leotard type thing. And yeah. let's just say he was very excited mm. and 
that really like stuck in my mind and made me feel really awkward the entire so like I sat there in this seat it's like I don't know I was probably like 10 or 11 or something and it just made me awkward the entire play and I was like I was like I don't know I don't know about this theatre stuff I don't know about these theatre boners yeah not really in my bag I don't know this is appropriate for little kids is this what they do at the theatre um yeah so like maybe they yeah, pretty that's... much from like Shakespeare time. Yeah. God peace, God peace, God peace. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh was my introduction. Oh man. They're supposed to a... be wearing like the special dance underwear that blends all of that in. But... <laughs> oh dear. I just remembered though that I did have a reasonably young musical theatre experience, but it was all tied back to Disney because my mm. um school class in year six went to see the Disney production in Sydney of um Beauty and the Beast, which <clears> had Hugh Jackman in it. Which was very, very cool. And I was like, I love this, it's amazing. And that would have been back before he was famous, yeah? Yeah, and we also saw, I think it might have been him or someone else, in um, Boy From Oz. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my school actually was quite good at that. They were just like, mm. we're going down to Sydney and seeing this musical. So I ended up seeing awesome. two musicals in year five and six. Meanwhile, I'm going to Cats at the Workers Club. Yeah. <laughs> you, you fancy freaking school. I don't know. It was Elmore Vale. We're not going to be that fancy, right? But um, it was fun. It was really clearly good. a step above Woodbury. <laughs> clearly a step above Woodbury. I went to Belmont High. Did you go see any musicals? No, no. And it, it was it was, it was it was around about when I started high school that I kind of fell out of the whole theater thing because yeah. like because my mum and dad were very much like oh there's science people and there's arts people. And you are a science person. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was quite good at science. I can understand from a parental point of view, like, you know, career-wise. You yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. to steer them into the arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if they go there, so big. I mean, like, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't say you can't do it. It was just kind of all like, yeah, you know, you can do it as a hobby, but, you know, you really got to focus on your career, young man. Yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, I didn't really get that much support. And the drama teacher at Belmont didn't like me either. Uh, so it's kind of like, oh, stuff you. Um, yeah, and then I, I got back into it um, after I came back from China in 2013. And I went, I went to go and see the uh, Metropolitan Players production of Phantom of the Opera yeah. at the Civic, and that was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And I'm just like, I have to do this. <laughs> You felt the calling again. Yeah, but I didn't audition until Mary Poppins was advertised in um, late 2014. Yeah. So I auditioned for that. And um, the director, the musical director on the on the audition panel was like, congratulations, you successfully auditioned for Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. I'm also doing that show. We need more guys like you. Okay, cool. So that, <laughs> so that was the first one I did. And that's that was an awesome show that sold out like a month before. Oh, excellent. Which, like, just does not happen in Newcastle. No, it doesn't. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Have you ever been in some kind of musical or play? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think you have. Put just by the look on your face. The look, no. the look, on, the look on his face uh, was just like, what are you talking about? I mean, like, maybe in primary school, like... But nothing, you know... Nothing I would say that was serious or that required learning stuff. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't have any skills to be in a musical. Like I can't you sing have to or dance. Develop the skills. Yeah, you do. Like you do. I, it doesn't I had, come from nowhere. I had a weird calling to be in some kind of performance-related thing. Like from, like 
me and my cousins being Will Smith and his backup dancers and dancing to Men in Black in their, like, rumpus room. To, um, <laughs> like, I just, like, I was getting, like, a sunny boy from the canteen and there was this big kind of troop of kids that were, like, learning some kind of dance to Aqua's Happy Boys and Happy Girls. And I was like, huh, I wonder what they're doing. And then I found out they were doing it, and, like, to be on stage at the Griffith Duncan Theatre. And I'm like, well, I've got to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, if it's just in the theatre, it's just, just here, I don't give a fuck. But if it's a chance to perform... I, I just think that um, you and I have different strategies... Um, and how to deal with situations <laughs> and also in what interests us. Yeah. Like the attention being on you is not always what you want, but you yeah. can deal with that and and like it in certain situations. Whereas even if it's good attention, I sometimes don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And you'll often double down if you're feeling uncomfortable and be overly... Um, excited I'll, or I'll be involved. fucking nuts whereas, I'll, whereas I'll retreat to a corner and yeah. try and hide okay. so yeah this See, that's not, so that's I don't, not so a problem I don't, so I don't think drama is necessarily my thing no that's, then that's not a problem of lack of skill that's a problem of like you don't have the disposition you don't have the interest yeah like I wouldn't even say it's a confidence thing it's more um, you don't enjoy it yeah like being the centre of attention is not necessarily something I crave like yeah. Well, I think it's less the center of attention. I think for me, it was more being part of something and part of something that was involved with music. It's not something that I wanted to be, look at me, look at me. It's like, oh, I want to be part of, no, at that time, this is before I was all look at me, look at me. If you want to be look at me, look at me, just take your clothes off and run into the middle of a football field. This was like, I want to be Well, I did do that, but. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, my school did like performances every fucking year and shit, and like you had to be in it whether you were or not. So I kind of just went okay. Um, but when I was in high school, I found out they were doing auditions for Little Shop of Horrors, and I quite enjoyed that soundtrack, and I still do. I love, love, love it. That's a good one. And I, um, I went and um, kind of stood outside the rehearsals, the the, the auditions, and kind of. Uh, no, I'll walk home. And so I walked home and I felt bad. And then they didn't have enough people um, and they still needed people. And so they called, did a second call for auditions and I went and stood outside the hall. And I was like, uh, and then I went home. <laughs> and um, then they did it and uh, I completely forgot about it. And then when I went and saw it because my friend um, was in it. And I was just like, oh, I should have been in that i shouldn't have been so anxious and so when i found out they were doing guys and dolls i hounded my music teacher and i was like i want this part i want this part i want this part what i mean what a fucking difference a year makes um but i ended up with the leading guys and dolls and i was fantastic completely fucking i was like this is like i was 16 it was high school but we did rent a local like a local theater and shit where Mm. you know bands played when they toured and like did six nights um there's not a lot to do in small town New Zealand. Um, but Are you a Kiwi? No, but I, I'm an adoptive Kiwi. Ah, I was born here, though. Right. Um, but I ended up in it, and I ended up invested in it completely, and the rehearsals were my life, and I loved it, and that, that like, it was a... I think that might have been maybe where I started the centre of attention thing, being the lead in Guys and Dolls. Um, <laughs> I just realised that maybe it sounded like I was being mean to you before, but I... I totally wasn't trying oh, to be mean about being, being the centre of attention. I huh? you being mean to me. I was trying to be genuine then. Oh, trying. 
trying. I wasn't Hard really genuine. Though. Yeah. Um, you know I'm fucking with you, right? There is no I trying. Point to. Only do. Oh, wow. Not the topic. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the whole process of being in something like that, that's where you get the difference between like people who love musical theatre and creepy fucking musical theatre people <laughs> that are like well into it and that's the like, oh my God! Does the, does the fact that I don't recognise the difference between the two suggest <laughs> that I'm in the latter category? <laughs> Possibly. You're the guy that goes, oh, we all get along. There's no problems with anybody. And you're the guy that leaves first. And they're like, fucking Brett. <laughs> no, no. Um, to, uh, no, I've always noticed that difference, which has been the problem. That that mm. kind of, I don't know. Maybe I've been lucky life about or the people who have been in our shows. But um, I think kind of learning an old musical like Guys and Dolls um, got me into the, the sort of peripheral musicals of that time yeah, and yeah. started to get me further into what musical theatre was. When is Guys and Dolls from? 50s, I think. Yeah, right. Probably earlier. Hmm. So the only musicals that I've gone to see, I don't know if this counts in the realm of what we're talking about, is um, when I was in New York, we went to see Book of Mormon and Matil- why would this not and Matilda count? I don't know I don't know they are they're like um, and they were both like musicals. really amazing um, like Matilda was like jaw dropping I really enjoyed mm, it yeah um, I, saw, I saw Matilda at the Lyric Theatre late last year it was so good yeah it was so good oh my yeah, god like, there's like there's, there's a bit where I usually I'll tell people before they see a show like go and get the CD and listen to the songs so you're familiar with the songs mm. but there's a song in Matilda where I was just like if you listen to that before going to see it, it'll spoil the curry. Yeah. And you don't want to spoil yeah. the curry because it's so good. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, like I could totally appreciate that and like I loved both of them. Mm. So like I, I think there's something to be said for just like just taking a leap, going yeah. to something with no expectations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And like I, I think totally. like obviously Moose and I go to a lot of gigs like to see bands mm. play. But this was like totally out of my normal comfort level. So that probably allowed me to actually observe things a bit more closely and enjoy it because oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah. something that I was used to. Well, we're, um, we're going to see Book of Mormon in September when we go to New York. And I have heard way too much about it. So I've gone and listened to the soundtrack. So I kind of know what I'm expecting. Right. But for me, it's that, it's that live performance aspect. But mm, it's the performance that you're going to see, not the not yeah. the songs. But we're going to see Fun Home as well, which if you haven't listened to Fun Home, go and check out the soundtrack. I saw it and I saw that it had, you know, um, won heaps of Tonys and all that kind of thing. And it was a new original musical, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And I listened to the soundtrack, and like, I'm not a big fan of kids singers. I fucking hate Annie. I just it annoys <laughs> the shit out of me. Um, just because I hate kids singers, I just not because they're kids, not because they're singers, just because the sound of a child's voice singing in a trained way is usually just grating to me. Right. But uh, the singer, the little girl that sings in Fun Home, has such a natural, authentic, beautiful voice that just sounds like an extension of her speaking voice, mm. and it's so good. Um, so we're gonna see that, and um, we're watching. Which I do recommend um, the Mayor and Morty show. Mayor Rod- Mayor and Morty. Mayor and Marty. Maya Rudolph and um, Martin Short do like an SNL kind of variety show. 
And um, they had the cast of this musical called Shuffle Along, which is a tap musical, mm. that my wife was just like, oh, we're going to see that. There's just heaps of good stuff around. Mm. Um, There's more good stuff in this time to see. Oh, shit, yeah. Especially since maybe we're here as well in Australia. It's like, we got to wait for things to tour. Like you mentioned Aladdin was touring, and like I'm so keen for that. Yeah. But even the Newcastle scene's pretty good. That's true. You were just in Evita? Yes. Yeah. I was in Superstar, and then Mary Poppins, and then Evita, and now I'm rehearsing for Wicked. So it's yeah. been pretty much back-to-back musicals for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I fucking love Wicked. I, I, I find it hard not to love Wicked. Yes. It is It is our generation's musical. Oh. With good reason. It's fantastic. The story is great. The music is great. Or should I say wonderful? I love Christian Chenoweth so much. Mm. Um, we we discovered popular, and then we loved that, and then that's when we went and saw it in Sydney when it came. But um, man, such a good musical. Mm. And now that Idina Menzel is uh, Elsa in Frozen, it's sort of like it. I, I'm talking about like the original cast soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. obviously, it's had many, many incarnations. But mm. oh man. And when we saw it as well, because um, we saw it in Melbourne as well, like there was, I think it was like the second to last performance Rob the Guest did it as well before he died, which is yep. really cool. And uh, Wicked is awesome. Do you know Wicked? Uh, my wife's a really big fan. I bought her the book at one point, and it mm. has like green, the spine's green. Yeah. The um, Grimmery, I think it's called. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, I haven't seen it, but. By all, all accounts, from what everyone says, is it's brilliant. You know what the story is about? It's kind of like, is it like a prequel to The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Kinda? Like, Act one is a prequel. Like Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, and and Wick and Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West. Yep. Yeah, I had to think about that for a second. Um, why I had to think about that, I don't know. Um, yeah, they're like too close to it. Together, yeah, yeah too close to it. That yeah. must be it. It's it's their is their their um, childhood and adolescent years, and then Act Two is what's happening. Act Two is parallel to the Wizard of the Oz. It's yeah. what's happening in the background while the Wizard of Oz story is happening. Yay, Mobia! What do you think of adaptations of existing properties into musicals as opposed to original musicals? Adaptations. Um. Well, I mean, Wicked is an adaptation. Yeah, but uh, I'm talking about more so things like... Obviously, Disney musicals lend themselves to adaptations, yeah. being The Beast, Lion King, mm. Aladdin. But then you've got, you know, Charlie the Chocolate Factory, the musical about to open. You've got uh, Bring It On, the musical. You've got Legally Blood, the musical. You've mm. got Finding Neverland, which is an ad- adaptation by fucking Gary Barlow. Mm. And I know that my mate went and saw it and she cried and it was beautiful, but I can't get past Gary Barlow from Take That writing it. Um, but what do you think of, like, being, like... As opposed to writing something completely new, adapting something completely new, existing property for the stage. Yeah, um, it can be fraught with danger. And uh, whenever you da- adapt something, you got the hardcore fans that are going to get angry if you get it wrong to what yeah. they want. But then again, that's true of anything, really. That's I mean, true, comic yeah. books versus comic book movies, you get the same problem. Well, speaking of, we Game went of and Thrones, saw, um, Song of Ice Empire. We went and saw Spider Man Turn Off the Dark yeah. in New York. And. I fucking loved it because I was like Spider-Man singing and he's flying around the theatre yeah. 
and that was great and we happened to see one where they didn't injure themselves and have to cancel production <laughs> like it was actually a successful they're in the minority show. aren't they yeah they are. <laughs> I think the hurting themselves is probably equal to the well, I guess it's probably just a safer bet to draw a crowd right like if yeah, you're adapting I mean, something got a, that's got a name attached to it yeah, 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 yeah. you've probably got a certain amount of people that are going to go just based on that yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say I mean I'd imagine from a creative point of view it's easier to adapt something that already exists because you've got you've got an existing framework and rules to mm. work within like if, if I'm You've got the source material. You've yeah, just got to Yeah, you've got some inspiration. Like, if, if I'm writing anything, um, it's it's much easier for me if you go and give me some defined parameters and say, okay, go away. You've got five minutes. What can you write in five minutes? Yeah. Like that's that's much easier than saying, okay, write something. And it does, it's mm. not too devoid of com- creativity completely at all. No, it's not so devoid. It's, to... just, it's a different process. Oh, I know, totally. But I'm also, I was thinking, you know, that just because... I'm, I'm almost a little cynical about, you know, at adapting certain properties for like I, I would be weirded out yet totally there which proves both my point and your <laughs> point um, if they did a Batman musical I'd be straight there um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah um, me too oh man it would be amazing but uh, hearing the songs from the Bring It On Legally Blonde musical I'm like these are great songs and just because they are based off these movies you know, it doesn't make them any different. I mean, Heather's musical is playing down in Sydney for Vivid, mm. um, based off the 90s, 80s movie, and fucking um, American Psycho is just opening on Broadway as well, the musical. Didn't even know that. Yeah. It's like an 80s rock musical. Nice. And then you've got Rock of Ages, which is completely built around something currently existing. Mm. So it's making a new story about currently existing music, which just baffles me that there's all these different ways that I'm only just now realising you can do something. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have a huge problem with it, to be honest. Like, mm. I, I don't really care how you go about creating a work of art, as long as it's good. Yeah, sure. As long as it's good. And, like, I've, I mean, I've, I think that's... I think that's true of any kind of music. Mm. Like, I like pretty much every genre of music... There's good stuff in it, there's bad stuff in it, and just ignore the crap. Yeah. I, I really like in Broadway musicals as well that every 10, 15, 20 years you can have revivals of things mm. um, that this current generation might have completely forgotten about. Yeah. As I mentioned before, like this um, Shuffle Along musical, this tap musical that my wife wants to go see. Um, it's, it's a 50s musical, but I would have never seen it until they revived it, and... Um, you know, it's, it's not like a film which you can go and pick up with a, a, a watch on Netflix, you know. Um, it's just, I, I like that you can revive something from the 50s that is almost completely forgotten about because, you know, it's not easily accessible. Mm. I, I think reviving things is important because um, it keeps it alive when it might otherwise have died. Yeah. And it, and it brings people back to old stories that, that were relevant and... A lot of the time, the core themes are relevant now mm. still. Yeah, because mm. its core theme is humanity. Yeah, exactly. It's human stories. Yeah. And that, that usually is the difference between a bad story and a good one. Yeah. Can well, I connect to this? Do I have the feels? Well, not to bring it to Star Wars like we often do. But, <laughs> Man, Star Wars But I mean, the it's the same song. story as like, you know, The Force Awakens, right? Like that's basically, it's not ex- an exact retelling of the original Star Wars, but it's like A New Hope. 
more modernized yeah. for a different age group. I guess the problem that is you can still pick up the original. You can still pick up the original copy of Star Wars and see it. Yeah, but yeah. does that appeal to an eight-year-old these well, days? It's probably too slow. Looks dated. So this is like making it modern again with the hmm. same themes. Yeah, that is and an a interesting similar question. structure. Because I, I have one of the guys I do shows with. Um, had hadn't seen Star Wars, so like, the new Star Wars came out, and where everyone's raving, and he's like, "No, nah, never seen a Star Wars film. Oh, you have to watch I've it." I've never so seen down a Star Wars. You really it, need to like see he's it. He's not one of those. Kid. He's not like one of those people who are just like, "No, I refuse." He's just like, "I've never gotten around to it." And he sat down and watched it. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it was alright." So yeah, but the thing is, you need to like. It's one of those movies that you need to see when you're say under the age of twelve. Because you need, you need you need that level of awe and um, sense of like you know disbelief and like suspension disbelief to yeah. to really get into it. Yeah, if you okay. watch it as like a twenty five year old, you're like, eh, good yeah, guys, bad can... guys, yeah, like, yeah, 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 whatever. No, that's true. Flying Tie Fighters at like eight years old was just <gasps> yeah. Like <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like um, Dylan that that's been on the show before, he's in the same same boat. Like he never saw it as a kid. Then watch it as an adult. He's like, yeah, don't really get what the fuss is about. Yeah, mm. but I think it's because you lose that. Not you don't lose it, but I don't uh, think you have that same sense of imagination as what you would at that age. Yeah, I've I've rewatched a lot of just out of nostalgia. Rewatched a lot of TV shows that I saw as a kid, and there's some of those shows which are still good. Like watching it as an adult, it's still good. You just go, oh, that's really clever. Then there's other ones that are just shit. Yeah. And like, the only reason you like it is because you're a dumb kid. Yeah. I mean, another kids are... Or sometimes you fill in the gaps mm. as a kid because you don't actually understand it. So you yeah. make up your own thing in your yeah, head, which yeah. actually made it better. And then you remember your memory of it, which is not actually what happened in the show. Mm. That... Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, because you fill in the gaps yourself over time. Yeah, true. A lot of my memories of things that, like, things from the past are just wrong. <laughs> I've I've got stories that my sister used to tell about stuff that happened to her in her life, and stories that I've retold to people. And over years of retelling these stories, somehow I inserted myself into the situation, and like <laughs> yeah. I tell the story as if I was there, and I can vividly remember. Huh? Yeah. And then and then one time I was retelling it when my sister was there. She's like, "You weren't there. You weren't there for that." What? Yeah, I was. No, you were off doing this. I remember because you weren't there, <laughs> and I remember there was a reason you weren't there. Oh, so human brains are fucked up, is what I'm getting at. Human brains fucked up. Yes, as a as a good moral of the podcast. Yeah, What's I love that. That's where. We How did we get? To. To. Oh, it's a question oft asked, rarely answered. Mm. I love that we're speaking about um, musical theatre from the perspective of someone who's currently rehearsing a show. Yeah. Um. Are you in that phase yet? I don't know where rehearsals are up to with Wicked. Uh, not very far. Not very far. We've I was going to say you're in that phase yet where everyone's like completely bonded as like some kind of weird sycophant, happy, happy JoJo group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, <laughs> I'm not judging. No, that totally does happen. It happens. With pretty much every show, everyone's like, oh my God, super excited. For, and it's like a genuine feeling. We're best. It's a genuine feeling that you have towards people, and it's just like, oh, I love you. And like, it's, I'm cynical it's, as fuck, but biggest, I have that feeling. Yeah. yeah, it's the biggest feeling when you actually get into the theatre and you're doing the tech rehearsals and then you're doing the dress rehearsals. It's like, oh my god, opening night, opening night is tomorrow night. 
and, and like you just have to on. hug everyone all the time and everyone's super happy and as soon as the show's over it's like uh you're like depressed for about a week yeah. and then after that it's like mm. Like you bond with people so it's fast. The highest and then... of highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> but also, like everything yeah. that's going on in every cast member's lives becomes heightened. You yes. know, you hear about these things, and it's this big thing. And oh my god! And like, there's weird onset relationships, and it's just very. You get to this point where it's so close to opening, or it's just opened, and it's just. Yep. Outside of saying your lines, you're pretty much just a, an excited blithering mass. Yep. Uh, the, my behavior in the theater is like unacceptable in polite society. And you like, leave the and you weird go, voices. Like, doing? Yeah. yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Like, the, the weird things that you do. Yeah. And like it's completely acceptable behavior in that context. Like if you did you just it outside, leave and remind yourself that you're a science person. <laughs> Not an art person. Yeah. I, I, I just I'm, I'm both I don't believe that mantra that they are separate like it was it was the best moment was a zinger like when my high school girlfriend when we were um, she came over to dinner one time one night and mum was having a big rant and she's like oh there's arts people and there's science people and you can't be both and and, and she did a biotech PhD and is now studying 3D animation and she was a painter and musician and she's just turned around and gone, Leonardo da Vinci. And mum's uh, gone, uh, uh. Shit, you got me there. Maybe that's <laughs> all. I was like, oh, how did that even happen? How, yeah. did, how did anyone ever ever prove my mum wrong? You broke my mum. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a beautiful moment where I realised, oh my God, that whole concept is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true at all. No. It's just the way our educational system educational system i i get it I know education system silos people off into their things again okay, you will be a specialist in this you will be a specialist in this go provide economic value it's a very structured western life version of you know you 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 go you grow up you go to school you go to high school you go to university or you get a trade yeah you do this, and i'm gonna you do that. I, I take issue with the western part because they're just, it's just as bad, if not worse, in the East. But that was more my point, that I feel like it is worse in the East. Yeah. That's more structured oh, like totally. that in yeah, the yeah, East. Yeah. I feel like here, there is more the opportunity to choose to be the arts person, or the science person, or the this, or, or both. that. Or both. In you know? some you ways, I wish there was both. more of that, though, in some ways. Like, not, I don't mean that there should be no choice, but I remember growing up going... Why are you asking me what I want to do? I have no fucking idea what I want to do. I don't. E- I, I, I don't know. know I don't know anything. Police officer, artist, whatever. Just tell me. Yeah, just tell me. I'll go do it. I'll work it out. Because, mm. like, yeah, I just remember all those conversations in high school about what you want to do. It's like I have no idea. Like, I get up in the morning, come to school, work out how to survive the day, then go flip burgers, come home, go to sleep, <laughs> get up, and do it again. Can don't I ask me what I want to do. Yeah, yeah I don't. Do I don't want to like, work. If you want me to be something. Unless you have a driving passion to be... I have a driving passion for sitting down, drinking beer and watching Netflix. I do. I really have that passion. You should get paid for what you love. That's why I always laugh <laughs> when like people are like, oh, you know, if I won the lotto, I'd, I'd probably still work just so I didn't get bored. I'm like, you fucking serious? I could find shit to fill in the hours. I would, I would, I would travel the world and learn all the languages. That's what I would do. Like, I mean, sp- I speak Chinese now. I want to learn Japanese. I want to learn Spanish. I want to learn Russian. Am I ever going to have time to do all those things? Probably not, but I want to. Well, here's my worry, <laughs> because we're just tangenting now. If we won the lotto, 
Mm. You know, if we like the three of us won the, the lotto, or if... yeah, if all three of us individually won the lotto. Oh no, so it's not a group ticket. Mm-mm. Okay, fuck sharing. Separate lotto, so we all get the full jackpot instead of having to share it. He's got it. Um, you you're, know... not, you're not going to talk about this, like, would would you shoot me if you won the lotto like that time you spoke to me about that? No, oh, we're, we're not going to we're not going to do that because we've all won the lotto. Okay. We don't yeah, need right. to shoot okay. each other. Yeah. Don't okay. get fucking right. greedy. Well, okay. So how long do you have until we could? comes um, to stage i'm not sure the exact date off the top of my head Is i know that months though right like yeah, yeah yeah it's um i think the 25th or 26th of august mm. is opening night and we've got 10 10 shows okay over a two-week period and who's it with uh the metropolitan players okay cool. so there's the same lot who put on uh mary poppins which i was also in hairspray which i was not uh phantom of the opera and but not evita that was stuff. a separate company right no there was um the National Theatre Company yeah. that did Superstar and then Evita. Yeah. And they were going to do um, a show called Encore, mm. which was like a best of Broadway. They had gotten a whole bunch of really awesome singers to come and sing selected songs from selected Broadway shows mm. with like a massive orchestra playing all of this stuff. And the yeah. people they had for this orchestra were like Newcastle and Beyond's best. Good. So like it was sounding fantastic yeah. but um yeah um newcastle audiences just don't want to buy tickets ahead of time and That's they weren't making enough sales yeah and there was a big big hole in evita's budget because way too many concession tickets were sold yeah way more than they expected so they were down a stupid amount of money less than what they were expecting and putting on these shows is expensive mm. like the, the budget for evita was like 300 something thousand dollars yeah it's huge it's like the thing with the metropolitan players is the reason they can afford to do it because the cast you know majority doesn't get paid you know it's for uh, the love of it the national theater company doesn't either the only yeah. people who get paid are the are the orchestra and they, yeah. they get they get an honorarium it's not a fair it's, it's not, not a fair a, no because it's nobody just gets to, a fair it's fair. just to get them to stick around yeah because like the cost of putting on these shows is so much that you cannot pay anyone no like everyone's just doing it for the love of it yeah and and like it's just so expensive to put on and Newcastle's population base is such that you're not going to get enough of an audience you're not going to sell enough tickets to pay people mm. and people are not willing to pay you know the kinds of prices that you can charge down in Sydney like they've, they've, we'll, we'll sell tickets for what $58 for an adult ticket mm-hmm. and people go oh that's so expensive well, well this is live musical theatre how, how do you make this work you know yeah Fuck. Like the the professional shows charge like one hundred and twenty. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, you, and you're calling our show expensive? Come yeah. on, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So the the National Theatre Company folded, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they had enough money in their bank to pay all of their debts, uh, after cancelling um, Encore because they would have they were risking trading insolvent mm. if the number of tickets they were selling, like they extrapolated. Here's the pre sales we did. Here's what we expect to get. It's not going to cover it. So. The, they they couldn't risk trading insolvent, so they had to had to yeah. wind it down, which is very sad. But that is that is the life it's of the state of things, of, yeah, of, of community theatre and Newcastle in general. Like, is facing pretty hard economic times, so people just don't really yeah have this disposable income for that, which is sad. But you get that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so I mean, the Mets are still going. Um, they're they're going strong. All of their all of their shows sell well especially Wicked I expect that's going to sell out because it's already we've already sold 
like probably two sessions worth of tickets and we're months out. Yeah. So I reckon if anyone wants to go to that, they probably want to get onto Ticket Tech and buy the tickets now, like sooner rather than later. So here's my question with you know, a local production of Wicked. Mm. How much support in terms of, um, you know, major set and staging and stuff do you get when you purchase the rights to put on that show? Do you have to produce it all yourself? Yes. Fuck me. It's not. It's not. And it's not even a matter of you have to produce it or yourself. You have to come up with your own ideas. Yeah. Because like people will see non-professional shows and go, ah, oh, that's not as good as the original. See, they didn't even get all of this set design well, and no, all these no. costumes right. But we're not allowed to do it the same as a professional oh, show. See, they give us. They give us this book, which is the like the, per- the, we, the purchase, we purchase the right to the the musical score and to the script, hmm. and we get we get given like diagrams of what the professional show was like mm. and things that it has to be similar enough to but we're not allowed to copy costume design set design anything like oh, that man. and they send they send the the, the 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 rights owners send people to our shows to make sure that we haven't copied anything we have to get the music and the words exactly right if we change any of that our ass gets hauled over the coals but if we copy any of their set design or costumes, we get so that's the thing that confuses me. Yeah, would so, they not want if they want that the same, the other the same? Well, one is one is for the sake of consistency well, of the true. product, and the other one is for the sake of like we don't want you plagiarizing. They want to differentiate it, but they want it to be the same. So that's that's the balance that they strike. So have they come up with you know? A consistent way of their own to make up of a green. Like, what are you doing? Oh, we're we're allowed we're we're allowed to make of that shade of green. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So is is it just like a consistent spray tan? Um, I don't actually know how they're gonna do it. Because I'm gonna um, like probably oh gonna God. probably gonna paint her. It's yeah. Probably I, if I if I had to guess, and I'm I'm just guessing here because yeah. I haven't spoken to the person who's in charge of like, hair. This and sounds fascinating. I've always wondered, like, because you've got to take on and put off. Like, that's the biggest costume design you've got to do, right? Yeah. Because you've got to have, like, obviously the, the, the face is makeup related, but the rest of you would be a sort of makeup body paint kind of thing that wouldn't get on other things and other people, but you were yeah. able to also easily get off. Um, yeah, the, um, the, paint, the body paint is a big part of it. They, have, I've, they, they know, the people who do the hair and makeup are experts at this. Yeah. They know what to do. Um, the, the biggest, the biggest costume though is Doctor Dillamon, yeah, the, the goat, because he's yeah. got like the whole goat get up. But I feel like at the end of the day, he can take that off, and it's like yeah, he he's not gonna find green in his ears he for can. two weeks. Goat get up is a good yeah. sentence as well. Mm. So goat, goat get, get up, up. is a good sentence. You're a goat get up. Um, goat get up. Yeah. Do you have any particular favorite musical theater stars? Because like for example, me with Sutton Foster, I'll be still my beating heart, Sutton Foster. Yeah. Um, not really, eh? Really? The Sutton Foster could sing me the phone book. I think, I think Mandy Patinkin was particularly hilarious. Mandy Patinkin. But he's okay. also a jerk. Yeah. So it's just like, well, that's not professional. You got to draw a line. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like you can like someone's art without having to necessarily think they're cool. As a person. <laughs> I don't talk to many musical theatre types often as you'd think. Because mm. um, mostly I just I talk to Pointy. Um, and he's reasonably acquainted. With cats. 
<laughs> um, but um, what was I gonna say? Have you seen Smash the music the musical TV show? Do you love that? Have you seen it? You should go. See I haven't it. even heard of that. What is that? Oh my god, it's cancelled because it's only two seasons. But okay, so it was this um US TV show starring Megan Hilty, who if you don't fall in love with the second you hear her voice, I don't know what's wrong with you. Mm. As a straight man, um, but it's about um the production of a musical about the life of Marilyn Monroe, mm. and it's about the producers putting it on, the writers writing it, yep. the stars auditioning for it, it going to um, off-Broadway and it eventually making its transition to Broadway. But it was so huge that when it got cancelled, you know, there was obviously the petition to try and make it happen again, get mm. it back funded. Obviously, it wasn't funded, but it was there was enough of a demand for it to have a couple of short runs um, for the musical within the show to play on Broadway for a little bit, right. which is really super cool. And the music is gorgeous, and the stars in it are amazing, and it's so worth watching. Smash, two seasons. First one better, but really good. All right, I'll have to look that up. Also, speaking of musical, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, have you watched that? <laughs> Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Rachel Bloom is um, a musical comedian, but she stars in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, yeah. which is this new show about a girl who... Um, is having an existential crisis in New York and in a high-powered lawyer's job and just goes... She bumps into her old camp school, camp high school boyfriend and just goes, fuck it, I'm going to follow him to West Covina, which is in California. And she goes off her meds and um, runs there to follow him, but also pretending that she didn't go there for him. And it's, it's like about three songs per episode, and it's just fucking amazing. You mm. should watch that. Will do. There's my two recommendations. All right, well, thank you for that. Thank you, Moose. That's okay. I just, I like talking musical theatre. I'm not going to wind it up just yet. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying? Oh, yes, I have. I don't. Because we'd, we'd don't never seen it before, and then when we went to see it, it was, um, we went to see it because Daniel Radcliffe was starring in it. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was just super fucking tight and super good. And it was one of those revival musicals that I'd never heard of before and have never heard of in the popular sphere again, but yeah, it was right. just awesome. Where'd you see that? New York. Uh, Again, but... Never been to New York. Um, I've been to China and Singapore and Maldives and Cambodia. I'm not travel comparing. I'm just musical theatre explaining. I'm <laughs> yeah, so excited. Yeah. Is there such a thing as Chinese musical theatre? Um, not in the not in the format that we know it, as far as I know. There okay. is... Um, I really need to look into this. Is there? There might be, but I might just not be aware of yeah, it. Um, yeah. There is like, there's something called Beijing Opera, which is like the old traditional style, like the weird costumes. Yeah, and like, that's, that's, like that. That stuff. Beautiful impression. <laughs> it's um. That's I'm sure it so, sounded vaguely racist as well. <laughs> that's more so opera, though, right? Like um, opera is a form of musical theatre, I guess, but also... Yeah, I think, I think like musical theatre is like a pop version of opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So, so that, I don't know, that might exist in China. I mean, I know that the Phantom of the Opera did a Asian tour. Because, um, last, last time I was in Beijing, which was just after we filmed If You Are The One, I ran into the, the sound and light guys in some back alley bar in Beijing yeah. <laughs> I was talking shop with them I was, a bar. I was like what are you doing hanging out in the back alley no it was like because like I get you yeah the, all the hipster bars are yeah, in, I know, the, I know. the hutongs which are like yeah. these alley, tiny alleyways is oh, awesome 
Yeah, I ran into those guys. And so, like, yeah, Western musicals do uh, do tour in China. How do you say Phantom of the Opera in Chinese? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I'll cut that out. That's okay. Um, I could look it up, but I don't know. No, don't worry. Um, and Avenue Q. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, I saw that recently. Amazing soundtrack. So funny. So funny. Mm. Also, I just wish Gary Coleman had started it. (laughs) This is all another language to me at this point. Avenue Q is like a musical theatre version of Sesame Street. Okay. Except Except it's it's like really dirty. Right. (laughs) Filthy. Yeah, have you heard that song, The Internet like is Oscar, for Porn? the Grouch Filthy or Actually Filthy. Actually Filthy. Oh, actually right. Filthy. Everyone's a little bit racist. The Internet is for Porn. I kind of My girlfriend who lives in Canada. Oh, yeah. This is the gay guy pretending that he's got a girlfriend. Who lives in right. Canada. <laughs> anyway, it's a musical with puppets and you just have to believe that the people holding them and singing aren't there. Okay. Mm. Which this is easy good. enough to do. It is easy enough to do. Yeah. It's like when you, you watch a subtitled movie, you just forget the subtitles are there. Except even these though are you're actually, still reading them. Even though you're still consciously reading them, you just you, you focus on the picture and your mind just takes it in. Yeah. It's like you focus on the puppets and they're just performing to you. Mm. Yeah. Something your brain just gets used to. Yeah. Human brain's fucked up. Oh, human brain's fucked up. On that <laughs> point where we somehow second, second time managed to work around a human brain's fucked up. Uh, thank you for discussing musical theatre and your various reality TV exploits. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, if people want to check out the episode, is there a way they can replay it? Is it online somewhere? Is um, it on YouTube? It is, it is online. Um, the Junkster TV posts all of their episodes on YouTube. Okay. But it's just in Chinese. Like they've just got the Chinese subtitles. They don't have the English subtitles. SBS has the English subtitled version um, but they haven't posted online. It was just on SBS On Demand for a month and right. then it was taken down. So, so if... Mm. I, I was going to say, you know, it being in Chinese subtitles would make it hard for people to search, but yep. I'm going to ask you for a link so yeah. I can share it. I will so do that. regardless if it's in Chinese subtitles, you can get the gist. Yeah, um, yeah. I would love if we could bash down SBS's doors and say. I like, think we really just need like the gift of the sand falling through the hand. Really, that's kind of what I want. Really, yeah. Ooh. the sand falling through the hand. Yeah. All right. No, we can do that. I'm gonna do that next time I go to the dog beach. Mm. Just sand through the hand, Pomeranian. Wherefore art thou? Like sands through the hourglass. Where is so my Pomeranian? The days of our lives. Beagle. Foxtrot. Okay, I'm having flashbacks to the workers' club, so we should end this. We should end this. <laughs> we'll definitely post the link. Where can people find our stuff, Pointy? Um, well, you've, you've probably already figured out how to find this if you're listening, but if not, um, head to splittingcases.com and tell all your friends. <laughs> okay, I'm getting another beer. Sleep.